Hello. This podcast is sponsored by aboutmeditation.com and our free How to Meditate mini course. Learn meditation in five easy lessons at aboutmeditation.com. Welcome to the One Mind Podcast from aboutmeditation.com. My name's Morgan Dix and I'm your host. On One Mind, we explore different angles on meditation, mindfulness, and health. We interview experts and everyday practitioners to bring you the stories, the science, and the exploration that will help you understand why this ancient practice is more relevant and important today than ever before. Hi everyone, quick intro here. Today's podcast, it's a replay of a three-part seminar that we hosted back in early May of 2015 It was called Meditation for Life, and it was a three-day seminar, and today we've boiled it down for you into this single podcast episode so that you're just going to get the essence of it. So this is a special episode. I hope you like it. If you're someone who struggles with stress, anxiety, or just some sense that you're running through life on a hamster wheel, feeling hemmed in and limited... You're going to like this. I teach a short guided meditation and we talk about some of the challenges that you can encounter as a new meditator or even a seasoned meditator. And as always, please let me know what you think of this episode. Head on over to iTunes and please leave me a rating and a review. I really appreciate it. Okay, let's get right into it. Enjoy the show. Hi everybody, welcome to part one in our three-part seminar series on building a meditation practice that reduces stress, calms your anxious mind, and helps you start enjoying the life you're already living. I'm Morgan Dix, and I'm a co-founder here at aboutmeditation.com. Today, we're going to talk about stress, anxiety, and the challenge of starting a meditation practice. And we're going to talk about how meditation is such a a wonderful and powerful antidote to the relentless stress and pressure of modern life. And then I'm going to teach you a really simple and effective relaxation technique that you can do anywhere. It was developed by my co-founder here at aboutmeditation.com, Tom Burchad. We call it the three cleansing breath meditation exercise, but that's not everything. We're also going to talk about three of the biggest obstacles that get in the way for so many aspiring meditators. And I'm going to talk about why none of those needs to be an obstacle for you at all. And then I want to share, for a lack of a better word, some case studies. Examples of people whose lives have been dramatically improved from starting a meditation practice. So our goal here at About Meditation is for you to come away from this series inspired to start a meditation practice of your own or to take your own existing practice to another level. And I want you to come away with some basic tools and tips for moving forward. So that's the lineup. Now let's get right into the subject for today. 
Are you someone who suffers from stress and anxiety? Do you have trouble calming your mind and your racing thoughts? A lot of people today struggle with that. It, it even drives some people to insomnia. They can't sleep because their minds just won't shut down. And when it comes to starting a meditation practice, do you struggle with knowing where to even begin? Do you have trouble getting it to stick? Today we're going to talk about these questions and more. Here's how we're going to do it. First, I want to share with you a little bit about my own story, why I'm so passionate about the power of meditation, and why I think it can change your life and how it changed mine. Second, I want to share with you some key life lessons I've learned from meditation, lessons that serve me every single day. And finally, we're going to talk about how meditation can really shift you out of that narrow tunnel vision of life that so many of us live with in our fast-paced, relentless, techno-infused, text-crazy, email-bombarded culture. You see, meditation can shift you out of that tunnel vision into a broader, more awake, more present, more peaceful life that's filled with meaning, direction, presence, and really a living connection to that silence and presence inside of you and inside of each one of us. So why am I so passionate about meditation and sharing all this with you? I want to tell you a short story about how I started meditating. And although at first you might wonder what this story has to do with stress and anxiety and building a meditation practice, it'll become clear to you as the story unfolds. So I've been meditating for over 20 years now, but it all started when I was in college. So I was exploring, searching, and like a lot of kids at that age, pushing all the boundaries. And truth be told, I was kind of uncomfortable in my own skin. I, I had this sense that there had to be more to life than this. And the truth is, it was creating a lot of tension in my life. So I had this idea and I acted on it. I would go to Colorado and camp in the mountains for a week all by myself, just camping and mountain biking. I lived on the East Coast and I always wanted to see the Rocky Mountains. So I did it. I drove 2,000 miles in three days and found myself all alone in the Colorado backcountry for the adventure of my life. So I won't go into all the details, but here's the essence of what happened. Probably for the first time in my life, I was really alone. I was in solitude. I was surrounded by wilderness. And the silence, it had this quality. It was almost deafening. And being out there all alone for days on end with just myself, it created a kind of existential crisis for me. Luckily, I came through the other side of that crisis, having discovered something truly amazing. So I went back to university and I found that I was a completely changed person. I had discovered that on some fundamental level, life is good. 
And more than that, it was positive beyond my wildest imagination. And it couldn't be contained. And this is, this is no exaggeration. This feeling, this insight, I knew it in the marrow of my bones. And it lit me up from the inside out. That recognition, that insight, that life is good to the core. It changed me. And suddenly, I was confident and comfortable in my own skin again. All that tension and all that stress I had been experiencing, it was gone. So how does this relate to meditation, you might be wondering? Well, here's the secret. I learned that you don't need to go on some big trip to the wilderness to find what I found. This insight that I had, in many ways, I would discover it's a basic part of meditation. It's something you discover for yourself with a consistent meditation practice. For me, over the next 20 years, I spent time working with different teachers, cultivating and cooking that insight that had come to me in Colorado. In fact, I spent 15 of those years in a yoga and meditation ashram. But that period of study and intensive meditation practice in the ashram, it showed me a lot more about how meditation can help you live a richer life. Let me explain. Meditation has shown me how much we all live in this sort of tunnel vision where we're all running from one thing to another, from here to there. We've got our relationships. We've got our appointments. We've got our routines. We're going, 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 and we never stop. And it tends to lead to a very narrow vision of life, of ourselves, and of reality. I'm guessing you can probably relate to some of what I'm talking about. One example, this is how I kind of think about it, this sort of modern mindset that we all live in, in 21st century Western culture. It's like, imagine you're a pedestrian walking through crazy traffic in downtown Hong Kong, and people are cruising by you, honking, and you're just trying to stay alive and dodge the traffic. And people are coming from every direction. And that's kind of how a lot of us live. And it's incredibly stressful. But meditation, it's more like driving down a peaceful country road in your SUV. You're enjoying the view of rolling green hills. The sunlight's playing on your face. Life is good. And there's all this space and time Time isn't pressing in on you like a straitjacket. That's the difference I'm talking about. Living in that tunnel vision that I described, it cuts us off from so much of our lives, our relationships, ourselves. It eclipses our capacity for paying attention and simply enjoying all the rich and varied moments of our lives. And frankly, it keeps us from being truly present right now to life unfolding all around us. Meditation, by contrast, it lifts you up and out of that tunnel vision into a broader perspective where you can deal 
with everything in the same way. You can actually relish, enjoy, and love the life you're already living. It reminds me of that great quote from transcendental meditator and film director David Lynch. He says it like this The thing about meditation is that you become more and more you. I love that. That tunnel vision I was talking about, it creates so much of our stress and anxiety. And it keeps us fixed often on small and petty things. And it's just this nasty little cycle that keeps building more stress and more anxiety. And it keeps you from really letting go and relaxing and stimulating that deep relaxation response that's so healthy for your body and your mind. Meditation allows you to let go of all that. It frees up your mind and your emotions. And really, it connects you to life in a much bigger way. You see, based on this tunnel vision, most of us think we're just these small, fixed entities moving through our set lives and schedules and routines. It's all very predictable. That's just not true. We're so much more than that. We're more like a process that's always unfolding. Second by second, and it seems to have no limits at all. So now let's talk about where a lot of people get stuck with meditation. A lot of people struggle with having a racing mind, other people struggle with not knowing where to start. As Westerners, We all struggle with anxiety, stress, and angst. It's like a cultural epidemic almost. But meditation, it can really help with all that. The thing is, if you think you can't meditate because your mind is always busy, it's not actually true. In fact, it actually means you're a perfect candidate for meditation. Here's how I like to think about it. If you can picture in your mind a river and you can see the rapids, you can see those class five rapids on the surface, they look pretty dangerous. So, your mind and my mind, it's like the surface of that river, it's the rapids. Most of us live on the surface of that river, just being buffeted along in the rapids. Meditation is not about trying to stop and reverse the flow of the rapids or fight the rapids. It's about getting out of the rapids altogether, getting up on the shore, walking up and lying down on the banks, and just watching that river go by and watching the, those rapids go by. But you're no longer at the mercy of them. You're out of them altogether. You're simply observing. All that surface disturbance, but you're no longer trapped in it. You're on the shore, and it feels so good to be on the shore. The sun is shining, you can relax, and you're just there. You're still. You can really let go. And the thing is, with meditation, you just need to start somewhere. That's the most important thing. Having a busy mind, that's not a problem. We all have a busy mind. 
That's what the mind is like. It's the surface level of that river. We all have the rapids. Meditation is about getting out of the river and getting out of those rapids. In the next session, we're going to go more into that. And I'm going to teach you a basic form of relaxation and meditation. And we're going to go more deeply into these questions around stress and anxiety because so much of that comes from the tunnel vision. And meditation, it helps you lift up and out of that tunnel vision into a beautiful panoramic space. And tomorrow we're going to talk about how a lot of things you think are obstacles, they're not at all. On the contrary, a lot of these things that we tend to relate to as obstacles in meditation, in fact, they identify us as the perfect candidates for meditation. And no, they're not an obstacle. So I look forward to being with you again in the next session. It's going to be great. Also, what did you think about this session? I'd love to hear what you thought. Please share your comments, your reflections, or any insights you had in the comments below. What did you learn? What did you like? Welcome to part two of Meditation for Life. In the previous session, we explored how meditation can help you in some fundamental ways to open up your vision and your perspective from the kind of narrow and limiting tunnel vision that ends up causing so much stress and anxiety and unhappiness for so many of us living in the Western world. And more than that, it prevents us from leading rich, happy, and fulfilling lives. Prevents us from being truly present in the lives we are already living. I practice meditation every day and I have for 20 years, and it's a source of ongoing discovery and inspiration to me. And I really want to share that with you. So today's class has two parts. In part one, I'm going to teach you a basic meditation technique. It's almost like a pre-meditation technique. In part two, we're going to address three of the biggest challenges that people encounter when they start meditating. And we're going to talk about how those don't need to limit or slow you down at all in your meditation practice. So the team here at aboutmeditation.com, that's myself, and my co-founder, Tom Burchard. We've spent decades trying different approaches to meditation, and we've synthesized a formula that anyone can easily learn that brings you to a place where you can experience immediate results. And we've come up with an easy way to learn meditation. And one part of that is what I want to teach you today. We call it the three cleansing breath. It was developed by my co-founding partner, Tom. It's intuitive, instinctive, and basically you can do it anywhere and pretty much anytime. And it'll help you get out of your head and quickly drop 
out of that zone of stress. Really, it's designed to stimulate your relaxation response. So what is the relaxation response? Basically, it's your ability to make your body release chemicals and brain signals that make your muscles and organs slow down and it increases blood flow to your brain. Herbert Benson identified this phenomenon in the 1970s. He's a Harvard-trained physician, and he wrote a book on the relaxation response based on his research and study of Tibetan monks and transcendental meditators. And his research showed that stimulating your relaxation response is one of the best ways to combat stress. And this kind of relaxation is really one of the foundations of meditation. It's a basis for meditation. Or another way to say it is that meditation stimulates your relaxation response. So let's get right into it and start the three cleansing breath meditation exercise. First, close your eyes. Find a comfortable seated position. Try to sit up straight and relax. You can keep your hands on your thighs or folded in your lap, whatever's comfortable for you. So now let's quickly scan the body to release any lingering tension. Ready? Start by focusing on the skin between your eyebrows and release any tension you feel there. Relax your jaw and your throat. Let your shoulders drop away from your ears. Feel the tension flowing out of your body and melting away. Release any tension around your heart and your belly button. Now relax your thighs and then your calves and finally let any remaining tension flow out through the bottom of your feet and into the earth. So now that we've done this simple body scan, we're going to practice the three breath cleanse. To start, I want you to think about the one thing that's been causing you the most stress or anxiety in the last few days. Create a mental image of it. Now hold that image in your mind as you inhale. And when you exhale, just release that source of tension. We're going to do this three times inhaling as you visualize your source of tension and then letting it go as you exhale. Let's begin.
After you've done the three breaths, just sit for a while, quietly enjoying the simple experience of relaxation and release. So now I want to address three of the biggest challenges that people encounter when they start meditating. The first one is, you don't know if you're doing it right. That's a question we get a lot at aboutmeditation.com. I don't know if I'm doing this right. And it ends up leading to a lot of people just quitting. The second one, You have too many thoughts and your mind is just racing. You can't make it stop. And then number three, and this one's really common. All of these are very common. I'm too busy. I don't have enough time to meditate. I have a busy schedule. How could I possibly fit it in? So let's start with number one. I don't know if I'm doing it right. So here's the interesting thing about meditation. You can't have a wrong experience in meditation. Let me explain what I mean. There's this great quote from Sharon Salzberg, and she says, meditation is not about the experience you're having. It's about the relationship to the experience you're having. So let me just repeat that. It's not about the experience you're having. It's about your relationship to that experience. So you see the confusion that most of us get into when we start meditating is that we think that we're supposed to have a particular experience. For example, a quiet mind. And that's totally natural because a lot of us come to meditation because we want a quiet mind, because our mind is just driving us crazy. It's natural to assume then that when you're meditating, if you can't quiet your mind, you must not be doing it right. So that couldn't be further from the truth. Your mind might go quiet. At some point when you're meditating, it probably will go quiet. And to be honest, that's a great benefit. And it's an important experience to have. But that quiet mind is not meditation. Meditation is really about cultivating ease in relationship to any experience you're having. So it's deeper than experience. It's bigger than experience. And it trains you how to be at peace, even when your mind isn't. So I know it's kind of a paradox, but as you get the hang of it, you'll start to understand what I mean. So meditation is really, in fact, a form of profound and radical acceptance. It's more about not doing anything in relationship to any and every experience that we have. And that's very challenging because a lot of us, 
we're used to responding to all the thoughts and feelings and impulses that come from our mind and our bodies. We're responding to those things all the time. Meditation is a discipline and a training that helps you resist the temptation to react. But the basic point is, you don't need to change your experience. If you can understand that, then you can't ever be lost in meditation. Most of us, we don't think we're doing it right because we think we're having an experience that is not meditation. And when you start to understand that there's no wrong experience to have in meditation, there's only the simple discipline of your practice. For example, if your practice is to count your breath, that's a very common Vipassana practice. You just count your breath and your mind could wander a thousand times in a given meditation session. That's not a problem. And it could be like gale force winds inside of you. It could be like a hurricane raging across your inner landscape. It's fine. All you're doing in response to that is you're coming back to counting your breath. You may feel resentment. You may feel anger. You may feel a thought that inspires you to get up and write something down. You just stick with counting that breath. And the more you do that, the more you're actually cultivating a place in yourself that never moves. And the more you do that, you start to gain access to a part of yourself that's not touched by all the activity in our minds. So that relates to the second obstacle. I feel I have too many thoughts and my mind is racing too much, so that must mean that I can't meditate. So based on what we just discussed, now you're starting through your meditation practice by the simple practice of just following the instructions. You find that you're gaining access to a different part of yourself that's no longer touched by your racing mind and your thoughts. Thing is, you can still experience your racing mind and your thoughts, but you're just doing your practice. Whatever that practice might be, you're just bringing your mind back again and again. So the more you do this, we're gonna use a river metaphor again like we did in the last class. If your busy mind is like the surface of a rapidly flowing river filled with rapids, another way to think of meditation is that the more you practice that discipline, you're sinking down beneath the surface of those waves. And the more you do your simple practice, your simple discipline of bringing your mind back, what begins to happen is you, you enter into a very simple state of awareness. And the experience is one of dropping below the surface. Like a stone, you just drop and drop and drop. And suddenly, you're going to be aware that all that crazy activity in your mind, it's a thousand miles away. You're aware of it, but it's no longer touching you. How did that happen? Part of it is mysterious, but that is what happens in meditation. You sink into a deeper part of yourself. That's the beauty of meditation. That's how you start to learn that even if you have a racing mind and crazy thoughts, it's not an obstacle. It's not an obstacle because you are resting now in a deeper part of yourself.
So the last obstacle, the last struggle is this question, you're too busy and you don't have enough time. Okay, that is absolutely true for just about every one of us in modern life. And the accelerating pace of modern life, it makes us feel that we have less time than ever before. So there's some simple ways to deal with this. I like to think about meditation in this way. It's not important in the beginning how much you do. So for example, say you choose to do five minutes a day, but you do it every day. In my book, that's a lot more valuable than trying to meditate 20 or 30 minutes out of the gate and then getting frustrated. Instead, create a habit, meditate for five minutes every day, and pretty soon it's going to become easier and you'll find it easier to increase the time of your meditation. So here's a second trick. Tie your practice to another existing habit. So for me, the first thing I do in the morning when I wake up is I get my cup of coffee. And when I finish that cup of coffee, which is my morning routine, I go right to the meditation cushion. So for you, it could be making the bed, it could be brushing your teeth, Or like me, it could be having your morning cup of coffee. But pick one trigger in your routine and tie it to meditation. That's going to make it much easier for you to bring meditation into your life and to start building a practice. That is one of the most effective ways I know of to make sure that you start to develop a consistent practice. And everyone can make room for five minutes in the morning. In the final part of this three-part series, we're going to discuss a few case studies, real-world examples that show how powerful meditation can be and how quickly it can transform your life. I think you're going to be surprised. Welcome to part three of Meditation for Life. So in the previous sessions, we talked about how meditation can serve as a powerful antidote to stress, anxiety, and a lot of the pressure we all feel in modern life. And how that pressure, it creates a kind of tunnel vision that defines a lot of our life and it limits our sense of self, our enjoyment of life, and really our sense of what's possible. And we explored how meditation, it can lift you up and out of that narrow perspective. And it shows you a different, more expansive, richer, really a more mindful way to be in the world. I've been meditating myself for over 20 years. And it's a practice that frankly, I can't live without. It never stops evolving, and to this day, it continues to be a rich source of daily insight for me. So this session is broken into three parts. First, I want to share with you, for lack of a better word, let's call it a case study. In particular, I want to share with you a recording I took from my partner here at AboutMeditation.com, longtime meditator Tom Bershad. He shares the impact that meditation had on him when he started practicing several decades ago. In part two, I want to answer some of your questions and speak to some of the 
some of the primary issues and concerns that people have when they start meditating. And then finally, in part three, I want to share with you how you can embrace meditation yourself in your life and really make it a lasting habit and a lifelong source of peace and presence and perspective, one that can help you overcome the stress and anxiety of modern life. And even more than that, it can help you create an oasis of nourishing, rejuvenating silence in the middle of our hyperstimulated culture. So now, let's dive into our case study. My good friend and co-founder here at AboutMeditation.com is Tom Bershad. He started meditating when he was a young man. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that the effects of meditation on Tom's life were pretty dramatic. This is what I've noticed. Although we all come to meditation for different reasons, we often discover the same thing. And more often than not, that discovery is transformative. So I asked Tom to share his experience with us, and this is what he had to say about it. So I started meditating initially for curiosity about spirituality and looking for spiritual experience, but the immediate results were actually unexpected and something that really took me by surprise. So I'm going to focus on that today and basically happened to me. I was 15 years old. I was a teenager, typical teenager. I had just been moved from a very large public school setting to a new private school for 11th grade my junior year and didn't know anybody at the school. Socially, I was very intimidated. Academically, I was intimidated because standards were much higher at this school. And also, I, I sort of felt forced to join the football team which I hadn't really done since I was younger. So I was basically put into a whole bunch of new situations and was not feeling particularly confident in my ability to, to be good at any of those areas. So that was sort of my start to school. With my interest in meditation, I ended up finding a couple of other kids in school that also were interested in meditation. And it turned out that they were students of transcendental meditation and very highly recommended it. And I looked into it a little bit, decided, sure, why not? At that time, they, it was only $35. And I told my parents about it. And in an effort to be supportive, they got the whole family. We all went down and learned TM. So that was sort of the beginning of how that phase got started. The next thing was learning how to actually meditate. We were taught on the first day, how to meditate. It was over a weekend. I went home for Saturday and Sunday and meditated four times, got up Monday morning and meditated again. This was probably about a month and a half into the new school situation. So I'd already had a few weeks where I was feeling pretty down about things. And much to my surprise, Monday morning going to the bus stop, which was always sort of a boring uh, thing for me, I found myself very socially engaged with everybody at the bus stop and my mood and my emotional state were just at a much higher pitch than I'd ever experienced before. And for no particular reason, 
Uh, I just felt free and I felt easy and I just felt very connected to people and situations in a way that I had never felt before. And it was very easy for me to just kind of let go in a way that I'd never been able to do before. In a sense, I, you could say that my inhibitions were lowered because of this. There was a sort of feeling of drunkenness in a sense uh, around it, although not in, in any way that would actually uh, conflict with my ability to function. I was actually functioning better than I was before. I think more clearly. As the, the next few weeks went on, this only increased for me. And I found my entire social situation, academic situation, athletics, everything was really turning into a very positive experience. And I felt better and better about myself to the point where by the end of the year, I was you know, elected to the student council and one of the leaders in the athletic department. And uh, academically, my grades were never better. Eventually got into a, a pretty decent university as a result. So for me, it was a very transformational experience. And while I did have some, what I would consider spiritual experiences, the most profound impact was really right away in my life and in this way that I'm describing. And today I meditate every day and it's been 40 years. It's definitely one of the foundations of my day and my life. I normally meditate twice a day. It brings me to a place on a daily basis where I feel like I can reset, reboot, and just connect with who I am, bring my thoughts, any worries or concern about the day, I'm able to just let go of them. And I really wouldn't consider living without it. Highly recommend it to anybody. So I hope you enjoyed that testimony from Tom. I love that story because it's so classic. The proverbial introvert suddenly emerges and finds out he has a lot to say and give and he comes into himself. So some of you may have taken our short meditation mini course in the past 12 months. It's been really popular. I think almost 5,000 people have taken the course and we've received tons of beautiful testimonies speaking to the power of meditation. And I wanted to read you one of my favorite quotes. It's short. It's from a young woman named Kate. And she wrote to us about her experience with meditation. This is what she said. Quote, I must say that this was such an incredible experience. And I'm so thankful. This has opened my mind and led me down such a strong and powerful path in my life. I can truly say that it changed the person I was and I will never be the same again. I look at things differently. Even colors seem brighter to me now. It led me to further my knowledge and try to awaken my consciousness even more. I want to so truly and sincerely thank you for this. So this was pretty incredible to hear. And I bet some of you who already meditate can totally resonate with Kate's sentiment here. And the truth is, we're very lucky here at aboutmeditation.com because we hear things like this a lot. We hear about the transformative impact 
that even the most simple meditation practices can have on people. And often, it can be something as simple as a breathing practice that someone does for 10 days or 20 days or 30 days, and suddenly they find they have access to a different part of themselves that's calm, that's still, that's filled with peace, that doesn't get ruffled by circumstance. We hear about this all the time. It's fantastic. So now let's transition into part two. So I really want to jump to part three of this session to share this special opportunity with you. But first, let's transition to part two. I want to revisit some of the challenges many of you have mentioned that you encounter when starting your meditation practice. We've talked about these in some of the previous sessions. So for example, you feel like you don't have enough time or you don't know if you're doing it right. And even we hear that a lot of people just find that their minds are too busy to meditate. So those are all valid reasons and obstacles to starting your meditation practice. But I want to say none of them really needs to be an obstacle for you. So why is that? Okay, so for example, a lot of people suffer from this affliction that you just can't shut off your mind. It's just overstimulated all the time and it's always going, 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 going from one thing to another to another and it's literally there's no off switch. You can't turn it off. So that causes people a lot of anxiety and stress and frequently people have trouble sleeping or if they wake up in the middle of their night and their minds are going and they just can't shut it off. They don't have the tools to turn it off. Now, it's completely natural when you start to meditate for your mind to be racing. I've been meditating for 20 years and that still happens to me pretty regularly. But here's the thing. It doesn't need to be an obstacle because one dimension of meditation that maybe not everyone speaks about is practice. Because with consistent practice, you start to find a part of yourself that is untouched and unfazed by all that noise in your head. And basically, you, through your practice, can learn how to relax in spite of all that noise. You can learn to be okay and deeply at ease, even if your mind isn't. And that is the beauty of meditation. You just need to give it a little time. So yes, it can be a little uncomfortable in the beginning when you're trying to sit still and your mind is going a million miles an hour. But you know what? With practice, that's going to change. And your tolerance for your racing mind, it's gonna increase and it will surprise you how that happens. So another issue is that a lot of people don't know if they're doing it right when they meditate. In fact, we've worked with people who have been meditating for as long as five or six years, and they're still confused about whether they're doing the right thing when they sit down to meditate. Now here's the thing, and I mentioned this in the last session, you can't really have a wrong experience in meditation you can only ever have the experience that you're having already right now. This is it. And meditation 
it's not about your experience and it's not about changing your experience. It's about how you relate to your experience. Those are two very different things. Because meditation teaches you how to stop reacting to your mind and your thoughts and your feelings. It's a kind of training for your attention to help you stop reacting all the time. And most of us, we're just in this constant reaction mode. That's that tunnel vision I've been talking about. The essence of that is a kind of almost unconscious reactivity. And like I said, in our modern life, that's very challenging because many of us are stuck in this kind of relentless tunnel vision and this push, 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 and we're reacting to everything all the time. But now we know that meditation can help us to pull ourselves out of that tunnel vision, to lift up and out of it into a broader, more spacious context and perspective. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this special edition of the One Mind Podcast. If you did, please head on over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. Your feedback keeps me going, and I mean that. I read every review. Also, this podcast is sponsored by our How to Meditate mini course. Learn meditation in five easy lessons. Check it out over at our website, which is aboutmeditation.com. That's aboutmeditation.com. So until next time, thank you so much for joining us. And let's end with this quote from Elizabeth Lesser. She writes, One does not practice meditation to become a great meditator. We meditate to wake up and live to become skilled at the art of living.